The Florida Panthers came out flat on Saturday night, which was considered their fir worst first period of the season. We discussed that and evaluate the Florida Panthers through 10 games of this young NHL season. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, November 6th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Rowan DeVelez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show count on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. You can subscribe to this show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're on the YouTube channel, please smash that like button. And if we are doing a little bit of a giveaway here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, which for this hat with the Florida Panthers logo, Amrit Bank on the side and the lettering on the back saying the official bank of the Florida Panthers, all you got to do is send in your screenshot of your subscription to the YouTube channel at Man 12 on X at LO underscore FLA Panthers on X and Instagram as well. And that will be your entry to enter in to our giveaway. But let's talk about Saturday night as the Florida Panthers fall to Chicago Blackhawks by a final score of five to two on the road to end their road trip at one, one and one uh, as the Florida Panthers will be returning home on Monday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. More on the Blue Jackets in segment number three, but about Saturday, uh, the Panthers struggling with breakouts early where, where the, basically the first five minutes, three different note, three different bullet points that I wrote of Stolarz coming up with a big save. Stolarz being uh, under duress on, on the night as, as well as the Florida Panthers really when it came down, down to some of the, their chances on the offensive side of the puck. It, it was really a, a, a whole bunch of the, the cat sweaters above, like creeping in on the blue line, causing the untimely rushes for the Chicago Blackhawks on, on the night as well. Even though the Florida Panthers did outrush them uh, six to two after, after the first period as well. And not going to put the entire blame on, on Anthony Stolarz. The Florida Panthers did not really do much to protect them well on, on, on the night. The first one, just the unfortunate bounce as uh, Seth Jones is uh Shot is blocked by Gus Forsling. Nick Foligno is there to uh, clean it up. And one thing that's really concerning, even though I don't agree with the call, is the fact that quite a few times, it's not really the fact that the Florida Panthers haven't really cashed in on the power play as much as we'd like. There's five goals on the on the, on the the season, three by Sam Reinhart, one by OEL, one by Forsling. But it's we've seen the times that this team has shot themselves in the foot with penalties on the power play. Don't agree with the takedown of Carver Hagee on Connor Murphy. I thought he was uh, slipping, uh, and uh, and Carver Hagee ends up going to the box, which Carver Hagee, we saw him on power play one, getting a little bit of a change there, and hope, hopefully what's more puck movement, get getting in below the hash marks, getting getting into the dirty areas as well, or even get, feeding it to Verhage, who has, we've talked about his wrist and how well that is, uh, giving him that opportunity to shoot from that left flank and all. But... You know, uh, you know, we've seen quite a lot of quite a bit of four on four hockey where, where the Florida Panthers give up a, a goal uh, on the on the young season as well. And also, I was not a fan of the call at the at the end where uh, 
where Kaiser had Lundell's stick under his armpit, literally wrote in all caps, had the stick on under his armpit, and Lundell and Kaiser go to the box instead of the Florida Panthers getting a power play at the end. But that's not the reason why the Florida Panthers uh, lost this game. The heads were not on a swivel when when the when the Hawks were in transition, and the, and and Nikita Zaitsev comes out off the bench and Kurashev feeds him with with a lot of open ice right in front of Stolarz to to beat him there, and then the Florida Panthers losing Taylor Hall. In the neutral zone, he goes, he goes uh, on on a breakaway and then beats Stolarz. Should Stolarz have saved that one? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I am. When when that when the shot is coming from the the left circle half wall and and you have a lot of time, that that five hole needs to be closed uh, there as far as for Anthony Stolarz there and also two shots on goal through um, through thirteen minutes is not going to do it for you for for the Florida Panthers and. And like I said, blue line was caught cheating, creeping up in the zone, and then uh, and then the Florida Panthers are unable to hold the puck in their own end. Saw line changes in the as the second period was uh, starting. Was really impressed by that uh, Ke- that Kevin Stenlin, uh, Nick Cousins, uh, Rodriguez line as they were creating so many different uh, scoring opportunities, retrieving pucks. But when you see that effort from the Florida Panthers after going down three nothing. Yes, it's impressive to see, but yes, you also put yourself in such a big hole that you are, you are, when you're playing catch up, it's just, you're, you're going to sometimes do too much. And sometimes that causes a, a, a bad turnover, which we saw the Florida Panthers creeping up um, as far as a pinch at Toulouse who was the forward back as far as playing defenseman on that part, misses the puck. And then Connor Bedard goes on a, on a breakaway to score far side. On Anthony Stolarz, which I don't know a single person out there who watched that game live who thought Connor Bedard was not scoring there. I'm like, oh well, it's gonna happen. The Florida Panthers are gonna go for nothing, um, um, be down for nothing, even though they, uh, even though they dominated that second period. And and lo and behold, that happens for the rookie phenom as well uh, there. And the the Paul Maurice also spoke about the opportunity to give um, Sasha Barkov more wingers, guy a guy he's used to in Carter Verhage, Matthew Kachuk being there. Matthew Kachuk had multiple wraparound attempts as well on on the on the night as well. The the top nine, the juggling of the top nine outshot them as far as shot attempts, thirty six to fourteen, and actual shots on goal, eighteen to seven at five on five. But still, you're playing from behind on on the night, and and it's just a recipe for disaster. And that Connor Bedard goal was just uh, one of those uh, those uh, backbreakers for the Florida Panthers, giving them uh, basically a very low chance to to come out of that and 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 win even though paul maurice did spoke about speak about uh liking the last uh 40 minutes and you know with, with and also despite all that they had multiple opportunities to to cut the lead even even more with the there was a rebound opportunity excuse me a shot block bark barkoff has an opportunity to backhand it into the into the net and mrazic's out out not shifting to his left fast enough and then barkoff hits the crossbar but that that was also a moment where you said where you say not necessarily the part where you, we thought that this game was won or lost, but then the the part was just like comebacks just not going to happen. Carver Hage also gets a second chance opportunity, and Mrazek almost knocks it in with his own skate at the end too. So yeah, uh, not 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 a not not their night as the Florida Panthers were hoping to get some bounces at the end, and and then you you think about thirty four shots in the last two periods when you only get six in the in the in the first twenty. Uh, you it, it's got it's 
it's a it leaves you a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth after the the this road trip where it was just so promising after you dominate a Detroit Red Wings team which which they were high fly um a high flying offense as well through the first uh through the first 10 games of the season who they beat Boston for their first regulation loss of the season too and it's just uh you know any any given night in the NHL right um and all so and uh, also before we transition over to segment number two uh Matthew Kachuk gets that goal at the end on the second chance opportunity and that's what the Florida Panthers needed to do. They were not, even with the line juggles, they weren't getting their second chance opportunities in front of Peter Mrazek. A lot of shots from the outside uh, and and credit to Chicago. They were playing loose. They were playing confident, but also there were times where they were playing not to lose as well. Uh, not, not forcing the puck up the ice. I mean, when you're with the lead, when you have a lead, you, of course you play uh, the game a, a little bit differently. You're not, you're not taking more risk. And with a young team, that could be a dangerous game to play when, whenever you're going against a team that has, we have seen a fair share of comebacks over the last two or three seasons, even going back to before the President's Trophy winning season. I mean, uh, I mean, there was a November home game against the Anaheim Ducks where Aaron Ekblad got the game winner, and that was that we have seen this team come back so many times. But this is not a territory, no pun intended, that you want to be in. All the time, and and thankfully, with the change of the coaching staff, change of the personnel as well, we nights like this where the Florida Panthers are going down and and, and playing catch up, we don't see this as often. And there was a stat in the beginning of the game right before about slot uh, slot passes allowed, where the Florida Panthers were first slot shots and 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 rushes allowed, and the Florida Panthers were number one in the NHL on all of that. Two hundred some plus period regulation periods played. In the National Hockey in the National Hockey League in an 82 game season per team, Palmer said, that "Let's hope that that one, the first period, was the worst one of, of their season as as well." Oliver Ekman Larson spoke about how th- these teams are too good when it comes to excuse me, Matthew Kachuk said these teams are too good when it comes to uh, getting behind so early. And and Oliver Ekman Larson spoke about just the team being uh, slow coming out of the gate. Palmer spoke about getting uh, the time, the start time of the game a little bit mixed up uh, on the night as well. So just not their night uh, as well. And uh, Matthew Kajak, uh getting that goal, 500th, of it, uh, 500th point of his career, only one game short of his father, Keith Kachuk, of getting to his 500, 500th point. So a little bit of bragging rights that Big Walt has on his son whenever it gets to, whenever it comes to uh, major milestones in his career. So before, um, so want to say congratulations to Matthew uh, Kachuk on, on that milestone in his career. He also said that doesn't feel he doesn't feel good about the five hundredth point, knowing that they lost the game. And that and once again, that's a great mindset to see from this uh, Florida Panthers team, as the expectation, the bar, is uh, set higher when it comes to this team for sure. And you, you like to see it. You love to you you love to see that mindset from this uh, hockey team. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to we're we are going to go through a 10-game evaluation with this Florida Panthers team as they are 5-4-1 and one through 10 games. We're going to discuss this and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by... Game time. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices. 
show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. GameTime has deals right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's a place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored uh, deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, concerts, comedy theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and GameTime picks a seat with an average of 18% savings. And GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Segment number two here on this Monday, November 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Monday edition of the show. So the Florida Panthers, 5-4-1 through 10 games. Matthew Kachuk said about the three-game road trip where the Florida Panthers finished 1-1-1. You felt like you left some points out there. And my goodness, if you play that those second and the second and third period in the first, man, you you might be talking about one, but you can't play shoulda, coulda, would've as well in, in, in all of this. Panthers have, um, as well, when it came, came to their game against the Boston Bruins as well, uh, a high-flying first period, getting out to that 2 nothing lead and then not scoring the rest of the way. You you felt like you lost the point there for for, for the Panthers. And and then they, this team has shown that they could bounce back from losses as well. I hope that we don't have to wait until February to see this, game, this team's first three-game winning streak as well. You, you want a little bit of breathing room. You don't want to live on the edge uh, to start – uh, to uh, when it when it comes to making the postseason and all, but five four and one seventh as far as points in the Atlantic Division, but fourth when it comes to points percentage. Two games in hand on the Buffalo Sabers and the Detroit Red Wings. One game in hand on the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Tampa Bay Lightning. All within distance for the Florida Panthers to still uh, yes, and the whole you got to win your games in hand and still in control of their destiny so we don't have to stress too much about that category of games in hand boston bruins uh, top of the division we spoke about earlier how they just got their first regulation loss of the season you know it, it's a team that i've said it all summer it's a, it's a team that you just don't bet on and on all florida panthers where do they rank as far as goals for goals against goals against uh 25th and goals for at 2.60. And this is without Matthew Kachuk contributing a, as much as we'd like. Alexander Barkov as well. And and Sam Reinhart going on a tear. We like to see the tear that uh, Sam Reinhart is on. The, the next closest score is Carter Hagee with three goals. And if, if this is what the Florida Panthers are as far as, as getting their defense together, which Paul Maurice, he said after the game in Chicago, what, do, what can you observe about these first 10 games for the, for the Panthers? And that the fact that he's he thinks the defense is better, and the proof is in in the pudding when it comes to when it comes to the Florida Panthers as far as defensive effort, especially on five on five and all goals against are two point eight zero eighth, and this is and this is and this is coming with this team still giving up a whole bunch on on the on the PK and going to the box quite a few times uh, for for this team as well. Yeah, the power play can still be a little better, like I said earlier. Only five, only five power play goals and three different goal scorers in Rhino, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, and Forsling. You notice one thing? 
two of them are defensemen. One of them's a forward, and and the one forward is is has sixty percent of them. You know, Barkov and Kachuk are going to get going. Yeah, you had to make a you you felt like you had to make a little bit of a change uh, on on the power play to kind of get a different look. And and credit to Maurice for making that change when necessary as well to to kind of give a a different feel and see how and knowing how Carter Hagee plays on that on that left side as far as, as the power play. Uh, even though he doesn't really get uh, power play opportunities on the top unit, we've spoken about all his uh, even strength uh, goals as well. But this is this is Carter Hagee's chance now to to get some before the reinforcements come back in Ekblad, Montour. We don't even know if OEL is going to be the power play quarterback on on PP one when those guys do come back. And the thing about this these first ten games, Aaron Ekblad is on LTIR. He could be activated now at any moment. I'm not expecting it, but this is now the mark that the that he could possibly be activated. Montour is on regular IR, according to Cat Friendly, and they're practicing, which is a good sign. The, the the very very good sign that we could see the the practice reps get more and more and more, and maybe sometime in the next week or two we see one of these guys go into a game. But the option is there for the team as well. Power play percentage thirteen point nine at at twenty fifth in the NHL. We know we know that that's gonna get better. At least we hope that is. Uh, PK percentage not the best, uh, but hey, Florida Panthers went three game three consecutive games without giving up a goal on the on the PK. But the amount of goals where there there were quite a few games that you saw two power play goals in 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 one game, and that's gonna hurt your numbers. But as far as what's gone on lately, gotta definitely like what you see there, especially when Barkov and Sam Reinhart are on the ice. Barkov and Sam Reinhart are still your best penalty killing forwards, and. That it even says it on Hockey Reference, where it, when you talk about goals against per sixty on the PK, Reinhardt and Barkov are not the the forwards on the ice who are there the majority of the time when the puck goes in the net. So, for, uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, and and the thing is, the Florida Panthers do have the puck a lot too. So when it comes to shot suppression, we spoke about that that stat earlier about slot shots and slot passes that's because the florida panthers have the puck a lot too so that's that's an encouraging sign with them being fourth in shots for fifth best in shots against two as well and like i said don't let saturday's first period change um your judgment um one bit about what the florida panthers have done through the first uh through the first uh nine before that i mean 10 games 30 regulation periods, you know, whatever one divided by 30 going based on the percentages, that's a very little percent of, 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 of the season. So let, let's not, let's not overreact on, on one bad period by the Panthers um, as, as well. And even though the game against Winnipeg was not the, was, you could put it up there as far as one of the worst games of the season. And the thing is the Florida Panthers are, you know, they could be better against Western Conference teams. But the thing is, you don't see a lot of these Western Conference teams often. So, you know, you, the, the 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 games that you got wins against were mostly in your in your division. Five out of six points in your division. Encouraging sign once again. So that that is uh and and the Vancouver loss at home, which the Vancouver Canucks have the have the most goals per game right now in, in, in the NHL. And they had a shutout the other night against the Dallas Stars. Thatcher Demko is between the pipes. 
they have three guys in the top 10 for the for, in the race for the Art Ross. Quinn Hughes is a uh, leading um, point getter of all defensemen in the NHL. He's he's uh, he's right now in, in the race for the Norris Trophy as, as well. Elias Patterson's having a heck of a season. So now that Vancouver loss doesn't look as bad as it did a, a few uh, a, a few weeks ago. 2-4-0 against the West. That's the exact record that the Florida Panthers uh, have against them. You beat a team that's possibly in contention for the President's Trophy in the New Jersey Devils on the road. And that, that win for the Panthers, that could have that a loss there to to get one or even no points out of the first six, you you will go back to right where you were last season trying to dig yourself out the hole. And Florida Panthers, they have done their job as far as digging themselves out when necessary. And it started with the the third game of the season. They went five one and one after. And and they were tops of the NHL in 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 a lot of defensive categories from October 16th, the game against the Devils to Saturday night. So let like I said, I want to let that seven game stretch between the Devils game and the Red Wings game speak more than than what happened on Saturday night and even the first two. I, I think that's more of the Florida Panthers that we are going to see uh this season and and all. And you know, with like, 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 like we said, like, let's ask this question: Will the reinforcements in Sam Bennett, Brandon Montour, and Aaron Ekblad necessarily change all the issues for the Panthers as far as going to the box and and as far as goals against on the penalty kill? A little bit, I will say with. Sam Bennett's physicality, that's going to cause him to go to the box more as far as maybe some roughing penalties and all, and maybe some retaliation because we know we know that he doesn't take uh, anything from anyone. And sometimes we can see Aaron Eckblad get caught with a stick infraction as well. Same thing with Brandon Montour. But you, you get the guys there and you you get more opportunities for shot blocks. It, it, well, if they're not the guys that go to the box as well. And we saw how quick that puck can move, especially when you have the Brandon Montour as your quarterback power play. We saw how much that 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 how much it got better last season as the Florida Panthers went went through, and the fact that they're in this position through ten games, it's uh, right now we continue to preach that whole just stay afloat through 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 American Thanksgiving, and who knows. They might even get back earlier, which is a very encouraging sign. Uh, like I said earlier, with the LTIR status and the rules within LTIR, which now, if tomorrow you see some differences as far as what the morning skate lines look, oh man, we'll have a big, big conversation uh, later in the week or even on the, our post-game show on Monday night slash Tuesday morning on what that could mean for the Florida Panthers. But the Florida Panthers were off on... Sunday, no no practice day on Sunday, but the Florida Panthers, after they have their game on Monday, will have a practice at Emirate Bank Arena before flying to Washington on Wednesday. No practice on Thursday, and then Panthers will be right back morning skate on Friday for a game against the Carolina Hurricanes uh, at home. So that's kind of the schedule and the, and the practice schedule and the along with the game schedule this week for the Florida Panthers. But in segment number three, we are going to preview 
the game between the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets as the Florida Panthers welcome Columbus to town on Monday night. We are going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's a that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place and, it, and time to get in on the action. It's super easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including preds, spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So... If you want, for for the Florida Panthers, for Matthew Kachuk to get a certain amount of points, you can use those at, at FanDuel.com. Same thing with uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, who might be starting against the Columbus Blue Jackets. A certain amount of saves and even getting the win. You can do that all on, on FanDuel. So go to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to, to, to kick off the NHL and NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment number three here on this Monday, November 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Monday. And so for the Florida Panthers facing off against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets on Monday and Actually, before that, let's get a little bit of a farm check-in for the the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, back-to-back overtime winners as Lucas Carlson had a tying goal with 3.1 seconds left against the San Diego Goals at home at the Bojangles Boplex. Uh, and Jerry May- Mayhew had both overtime winners uh, in both games uh, for his first two goals of the season. And the one on Friday, a beautiful mwah, out by Spencer Knight uh, to get it get it on the, on the breakout for that a secondary assist as Jerry Mayhew got the game winner uh, on, on Friday night and then also gets the game winner uh, in overtime on Saturday as well. So great start for the checkers on the season. As far as the Columbus Blue Jackets, they come in at four, five, and two. Uh, second worst in the Metropolitan Division. A little bit of storylines for, um, for the Columbus Blue Jackets on the season. Is Mike Pabcock being hired after all, everything he'd done wrong in uh, Toronto, putting players under the bus, uh, asking Mitch Marner who he thinks uh, performs the worst on the team and then reading it out loud. Uh, and and then in the summer, asking players to reveal stuff from their cell phones as well, uh, causing them to resign. Uh, Pascal Vincent is, is, is now the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Columbus Blue Jackets last year, they were one of the tops in the NHL in man games lost. Them and the Montreal Canadiens were the teams up there that didn't that had a lot of players uh, lost to injury, and it's no exception uh, this season. Patrick Lane, after taking uh, a hit to the to the head by Rasmus Anderson of the Calgary Flames, has not has not played since that hit. Has only played one game uh, this season, but from that illegal check to the head, and a little bit of drama on Saturday night as the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, lost to the Washington Capitals by a final score of two to one. Johnny Gaudreau did not play the last sixteen minutes of the game and Pascal Vincent spoke about how he didn't like his game um, through the first uh, 40 minutes of, of, of that contest. Well, and four minutes going into the third. So didn't, didn't get him on the ice for the last uh, last 16 minutes. And the Columbus blue jackets were unable to get that uh, comeback uh, against uh, the Washington capitals. 
And a lot of other things happened this summer of this summer for Columbus. A lot of people thought that Leo Carson Carlson was going to be the pick at number three for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but Anaheim ends up picking Leo Carlson and Adam Fantilli, the Hobie Baker winner, which it was is Mackie Semiskevich's former teammate from the University of Michigan, uh, who he will be he is teammates with Kent Johnson, who also went to Michigan. Uh, he slipped to number three and. That could be definitely a, a great, uh, great one-two punch uh, at at center uh, with Boone Jenner on the top line and Adam Fantilli on the second line, which maybe Adam Fantilli makes his way to top line center uh, later on in his uh, in his career. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets have five first-round picks uh, homegrown on their team, and then a couple of other first-round picks from other other places that they either traded for or signed, like. Uh, Ivan Provorov uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers. They traded for him as far as trying to uh, improve their blue line. They also traded for David Severson, which he was part of a cap crunch for the New, New Jersey Devils uh, as, as well. They have former Panther Eric Branson, who's probably on his eighth or ninth team. I lost count at this point how many teams he's been on. Uh, Alexander Texier is back from uh, being overseas uh, last season as well. And they have Zach Wierenski back, uh, who was their power play quarterback after missing a good amount of the season last last year as well. So not the healthiest roster right now for Columbus, but they have some of their pieces that were missing last year and even adding from the draft uh, most recently this year. Uh, it, it is definitely a team that is growing. And it, it was one of my three teams where I, get, what I, where I said, I guarantee they're not making the playoffs. I said Columbus, Montreal, and I said Philadelphia as far as the three teams that I was very sure and this is a this is a this is a season about continuous growth, not necessarily playoffs for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Even though Yarmo Kekalina is under a little bit of pressure uh, after hiring multiple head coaches, all the scrutiny that came his way after the Mab Mike Babcock uh, signing as well. Uh, this seems to be maybe his last chance at getting a head coach as far as trying to grow a team there in Columbus. Goal differential at five on five for the Columbus Blue Jackets is at minus five. Uh, they're what. They're one of the. They don't score a lot of goals. Uh, as uh, Boone Jenner is has uh, two more than the next uh, next best. A lot of uh, when it, when it comes to their middle six, that's where the, a lot of the goals against are coming for the for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's about really get getting in the middle of the ice, trying 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 to get on the forecheck uh, continuously, capitalize on the power play, and and Bobrovsky continuing to be sharp. 930, 930 save percentage at five on five for Sergey Bobrovsky. We assume that he's going to get the start for uh, the Florida Panthers, which he's nine two and one against the Columbus Blue Jackets in his career. Nine twenty four save percentage and a two point two four GAA in his career against uh, Columbus as well. So that that is that for the for the Panthers, this is a game about getting back on track. You're at home. It's a team that you've done quite well over the last two seasons. M multiple times the Florida Panthers have played the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it's been high-scoring affairs as far as the Florida Panthers getting five, six, seven goals sometimes against them. I remember Zach Wierenski on during the President's Trophy winning season where the Florida Panthers put nine on them. He, said, he spoke about the embarrassing effort for the Columbus Blue Jackets at the time against the Florida Panthers. So it's a team that this Florida Panthers uh, squad is very comfortable in facing. And, you know, you can't necessarily assume that all those games in the past are going to be are going to be happen on Monday night. 
But really, it's about for the Florida Panthers. It just comes down to getting back to your game, move move the puck well on the power play, which you got a you got a new face on there with Carter Hagee there, and just continuing to get in front of the net, get those second chances, and all. And ho- hopefully, we see the Florida Panthers come out with a win on Monday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets at home, right before they take a quick one game road trip to washington dc which that will be a nationally televised game by the way uh for for those uh who haven't been informed yet so gonna hopefully gonna be a fun week as the schedule for the panthers is a monday wednesday friday uh schedule as far as games go so a little bit of a a different week as far as post game shows and all we might have a special guest on for tuesday's post game show uh of the locked on florida panthers podcast not going to spoil anything until until the show goes live. So everydayers, make sure you come back tomorrow uh, for tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers. We'll be breaking down the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets matchup on Monday night. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steve Roden, and Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Sharma Mondavales, signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.